0: This is 72 Nations Conference Call Podcasts. I'm Elvis Iverson and this uh, with El, with Errol Anderson and um, Betty Olson and Marty P- Paris. 72 Nations Conference Call Podcasts is an international project in 72 Nations where 72 Nations can call into a live conference call for prayer, healing, deliverance, throne room encounters. Angelical encounters, prophecy, visions, social, um, 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 social presence, God, revival, anointing, and breakthrough. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, when did I start doing this? These conference calls. Well, in in 2013, the Lord led me. There's me and um, um, it was at that time we were SIM, Alpha started a conference call. Hallelujah, and it was Elvis Iverson and. And Rodney Folkers. Rodney Folkners is a missioner. He was a person that was, um, you know, a farmer. And, and he um, was sawing the, the wind blowing. And also he had a, a conversion. hallelujah. And and he would just go to the mountains of Montana and seek the Lord. And, and he was a missioner. Yeah. And he was a, a, a pioneer. And he's a co-laborer. A co-laborer and co-founder for Supplication National Ministry and Global and Commission Apostles Training Church hallelujah and hallelujah and amen praise God and then um, when we formed Seven um, 72 Nations Conference called Podcast hallelujah um, the Lord let us do it hallelujah amen to reach the 72 Nations cause God gave me a dream of seven 72 Nations hallelujah and apostles in 72 Nations hallelujah Amen. Um, hallelujah. Errol Anderson is the Burden Bush of North Dakota. Hallelujah. He is an apostolic teacher. Hallelujah. He has been to a, a certain number of nations. Hallelujah. As, as a missionary. Hallelujah. And and, and he is a, a person that prays and fasts and, and um, follows the leading of the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. He is a true... Pentecostal, hallelujah, praise the Lord, an old-timer, hallelujah, that um, continues to be renewed by the Holy Ghost, hallelujah, amen, and, and, um, Lord God, and, um, and, and then you have Betty White, Betty White is a intercessor, is, is a, leads a prayer group, hallelujah, and, and, and in the past, she was a, um, part of, um, uh, administrator and, and intercessor for, for big, Ministries, a couple of big ministries in the past, how she really influenced and helped and aided. And now she's leading this prayer group, how that meets in Phoenix, Arizona, how that, that that's um, praying for divine change in in America and in other nations around the world. And she moves in healing and delivers. Marty um, um, Paris um, Paris is is a warrior of God. He is a warrior of God, a warrior of. God, hallelujah, and, and, um, he led a, a for a time, he led a, a spirit of warfare network in Nebraska, and then the Lord, um, called him to help raise up Global Honor Commission Apostle Trinity Church, hallelujah, he is one of the pillars coal, founders and co-founders and co-laborers of Global Honor Commissioned Apostle Trinity Church, hallelujah, praise God, and, and I'm glad that he has come a part of 72 Nations Conference Call Podcast, hallelujah, praise the Lord, Amen. Hallelujah. And and I'm Elvis Iverson. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. My articles are read um, by many across the world. Um, my ebooks and 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 people watch my seedcast videos and, and listen to our podcasts. Hallelujah. Praise God. I mentored several people around the world, apostles and prophets, fivefold ministers, business people, politicians, hallelujah. Glory to God. Many people have have been influenced um, by this ministry in India and in the Philippines, and Africa, and and several nations around the world. Hallelujah, praise God. Um, I gave my life to Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. I was already in a traditional church, but I wanted to know the Lord more, and I kept on calling upon the Lord. And one day, the Holy Spirit. I, I I prayed a prayer, and I said, "I want to serve you all that is in life. I give my life to you." and It was like somebody opened the door of my bedroom and it was filled with the Holy Spirit and started speaking tongues. Hallelujah. When I was fourteen years old, hallelujah. I heard the voice minister my word, the voice of Jesus minister my word, hallelujah. Heard it three times, hallelujah. When I was sixteen I began to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, hallelujah. When I was nineteen, hallelujah, I had an encounter of the Lord Jesus in night in in, hallelujah, encounter the Lord Jesus Christ, hallelujah. Jesus Christ appeared to me. He's, he asked me how many members I want. And he gave me a vision for my life, a vision for my church, a vision for my ministry, and a vision for Omaha, Nebraska. And he laid his hand upon me and released his power. You know I mean and from that day forward I saw forward and word reverence, all prophetic reverence. The deep prophetic signs and wonders, hallelujah. The gifts of the spirit, the bliss gifts of God, hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Um Amen. There was a time. Amen. Right after I got done with Bible College and I began to minister on the reservations in in Minnesota, South Dakota, and North Dakota, I would have visions, um, 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 several visions of heaven, and some visions of of hell, and and several visions of, of our Lord Jesus Christ. And now, and now we're in a day where where I've translated to many nations, and I've also teleported, hallelujah, and um and also um I um. I've been having visions Going up in the throne room every day And exploring the many heavens God has given me the revelation of the many heavens Hallelujah But also God has led us to um, To plant a church in Omaha, Nebraska called Global First of all Global and a Commissioned Apostle Training Church Hallelujah It is a radical, normal church It is is, um, a church of. Let me tell you It is It is um, a community of home churches Each Global Anarch Is a community of home churches With a sanctuary And Global Anarch Is an association of churches In many cities And many nations Global Anarch Is a radical normal church A mission based church A home church based A family based church A house of prayer based A supernatural encounter based Hallelujah Praise the Lord And if you're looking for a church Amen For Global Anarch You can find us on Facebook uh, Or Or um, uh, Or Visit um, Elvis Iverson dot com hallelujah praise God hallelujah and, and so but supplication National ministries has been ministering for years that's the name of the ministry um seventeen nations comments call podcast is a part of that and um you can visit elvisize and become a partner and plant a seed hallelujah and 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 um and get connected hallelujah praise God hallelujah Click on SIM Torch and get connected. Amen. If you want to mail us a donation, you mail the checks out to subcation National Ministries and the member donation, and the mail to Subakusha National Ministries, PO Box eight one three two, Omaha, Nebraska six eight one zero eight. Amen. Hallelujah. Also, you can get by the Cash App. The, uh, the Cash App. It's mo- the money sign. Then SIM Omaha. You can get through PayPal. It's PayPal dot me slash SIM Omaha. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. And and um amen praise the lord hallelujah our messages um we have our podcast um once a month hallelujah except this in december hallelujah and the number to call in is is 516-597-9857 hallelujah praise god and and that is in central time zone central time zone that's central time zone hallelujah Amen. If you're calling from the outside of the USA, you have to enter um, that number plus the access code, which is 3441921, plus the pound sign. Also, you can go to elvisivison.com, Hallelujah. Amen. And we have more information about 17 um, um, Nations Conference Call Pockets. We have 70 numbers, that, that a number for 70 nations that you can call And Also, there's an app that you can download. You can go to a free conference call. And you can download this app, hallelujah, you can download this app, hallelujah, either on your phone or on your computer, hallelujah, where you can call in free, and you just got to enter the meeting, ID is SIM Team, hallelujah, praise God, and um, um, one thing is, um, you want to, ch- with the center time zone, hallelujah, praise God, hallelujah, and if you want to check your time zone, you can go to WorldTimeBuddy.com, hallelujah, praise the Lord, amen hallelujah and glory to god so so um also we have a, a partners list amen hallelujah. you want to become um re- receive more from the 17 nations conference call it's a google group hallelujah and you can say hey, just subscribe to your 17 nations conference 17 nations google group hallelujah and also follow elvis eyes on twitter hallelujah praise god In times and no time and dates, hallelujah also, we have a Facebook page for it, which is Seventeen Nations Comments Call Podcast. And after, after these messages, after these messages are done, then how They're uploaded to our podcast, Halle, which is Anchor FM Seventeen Nations, and and also Elvis Iverson has a, a um, podcast, is Anchor FM Elvis Iverson, Hallelujah, praise God, Hallelujah, Amen, and um. Amen, and and Errol Anderson has his own podcast, hallelujah, amen, anchor.fm slash Errol Anderson, E-R-R-Y-L, and then A-N-D-E-R-S-O-N, amen, hallelujah, praise the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, hallelujah, amen. Praise the Lord, amen, hallelujah, hallelujah, and let me just, I want to pray for everyone here that's listening to this message right now, hallelujah, I want to pray, amen, hallelujah, praise God, Father in the, of the Lord Jesus, I pray Father for everyone who's listening to this message, it won influence in the church of the world of God, and the 72 nations, oh God, Lord, I pray, Lord, let, let many people. Come from each of these nations into the uh, in call. This comes call, Lord, in the name of Jesus, Christ, and let revival come to the seven two nations of oh God. Raise up apostles, raise up the new star winds, and sabbath the thesis of the brethren. Sabbath the reformed grace message of oh God. In the name of Jesus, I pray. God, let everyone that has called up that apartheid, hallelujah, that's influenced by this ministry, bring forth multitudes of breakthrough. God, in the name of Jesus Christ, oh God, Lord, I pray. Release, deliverance, eating, healing, healing, miracles, greater miracles release freedom in jesus name oh god in jesus name amen. lord god i pray for, for for breakthroughs restitution restoration restoration healing amen hallelujah and freedom to come to people in jesus name hallelujah if all god i pray amen i release the revival anointing release multitudes of breakthrough in the name of jesus christ in jesus name amen if you don't know jesus christ pray let's pray with me lord jesus christ I believe you are the Son of God, I believe the Bible is the Word of God, I believe the God of the Bible, I believe in the Trinity of the Father, the Son and the Ghost, 3 in 1. I believe in the virgin birth, the death, the burial, and resurrection, and your ascension, and your second coming. I believe that you have forgiven me of all my sins, you washed, my, you washed me from all my sins, you written my name in the Lamb's Book of life, and you have saved me. Lord Jesus, come in my heart, live and abide with me forever. Lord, you could confess you as Savior. Lord, you could confess you as Lord. I don't mean to serve you all the days of life. Lord, you could save me now. Lord, you could save me. Let me be born again. I commit my life to you. I surrender my life to you. And help me to serve you all the days of my life. Save me now in Jesus' name. Let me be born again in Jesus' name. Come in my heart and live and abide with me forever. Fill me full of the Holy Spirit, the evidence of speaking in tongues in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen, hallelujah. Well, stay tuned, hallelujah, for our next episode, hallelujah. Praise God. This is just the introduction of of seventy-two Nations Compass Call podcast. Hallelujah. Amen. amen praise the lord jesus christ is lord hallelujah and uh, welcome back everyone hallelujah and to um seven two nations conference call podcast hallelujah amen our next um conference call will be um uh, hold on if i find uh, um march 11th hallelujah at 9 a.m central time so hallelujah praise god um Amen. Hallelujah. So, Jesus Christ is Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I I just thank God that we are not um, limited, uh, hallelujah, by um, by um, people in D.C., hallelujah, that, that Jesus Christ is Lord, hallelujah, man. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, thank you for coming, hallelujah. Um, Betty?
1: Yes, here I am. Okay, yeah. I'm going to start out talking this morning. I praise you Lord for your appoint your presence with us this day for your glory upon us your anointing upon us. And I praise you Lord as you as you come into this conversation today that you will guide and direct all these words that we will hear what you would have us to hear. And I'm speaking a little bit this morning on things that we need to put on. Romans 13:14 says, "Put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. That's quite important to remember. But Jesus said, put on, we put on the Lord Jesus Christ. And then, of course, further on, down in Ephesians, he said, put on the whole armor of God. That's Ephesians 3.12. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle with flesh and blood but against principalities and powers, against rulers of the darkness in this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all to stand, Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparations of the gospel of peace, Above all, take the shield of faith with which you are able to quench the fiery darts of the wicked one, and take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. In my lifetime, this is the time when I have seen the importance of this more than ever before. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be and stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities, against the rulers of darkness in this age. We see this more now than we've ever seen it in our lifetimes. This is what we're facing right now. And it's coming at us from every angle. So we need the whole armor of God to protect us to protect us in this time because we have a battle that's beyond belief. I never dreamed I'd see a day like this, and I've been around for quite a while. Jesus also says in Galatians 3.27, For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Then in Colossians 3.12, Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another, forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. It's important that we listen to the Word of God and that we put on the things that we need to put on now. We cannot stand with what we're going through right now unless we have Christ in us to the fullness. It's the most important time, to my knowledge, in the history of mankind that we're in right now. We're here right now as Christians standing to save planet Earth from Satan's kingdom. God told us to pray. Jesus told us to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And we have powers and principalities determined that this kingdom, this earth, is turned over to Satan. The word says, the Lord is the earth and the fullness thereof. So it's important that we follow the word of God and put on what he's told us to put on to stand against everything that's happening today. We have the word of God, which is so powerful. We have the anointing of the Holy Spirit. We have Jesus living in us. We have Christ and angels. We can call upon the angels to bless us and to help us. Jesus has also told us that we need the spirit of adoption. In Romans 8, 15, it says, For the spirit which you have received is not a spirit of slavery to put you once more into bondage or fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption. Do you get that? We don't have to be in a spirit of bondage and fear, and yet many people today, Christians even including, are in the fear because what's been happening because it's what's happening all over this planet. We have the sonship of Christ. And there we cry, Abba, Father. <clears throat> so we take on the spirit of adoption. <clears throat> In Isaiah eleven twelve, we have the, the seven spirits of God. The spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. The spirit of wisdom and understanding. The spirit of counsel and might the spirit of knowledge, and the reverence, obedience, and the fear of the Lord. We put on these spirits. God gives them to us. He gives them to us. But we ask that we may receive. We need to walk in these to have that powerful anointing of Christ upon us at this time. Those of us walking in the spirit need to be praying for those around us, our neighbors, our our friends, our relatives. I've got relatives that still aren't there. And and our our leaders and and representatives, because Timothy tells us to pray for those in leadership. Then we find in Daniel, Daniel 5.12, because an excellent spirit of knowledge and understanding, interpretation of dreams, there's an excellent spirit. And look what that does. It has something to do with knowledge and understanding and interpretation of dreams. It clarifies riddles, it solves naughty problems that were found in Daniel. So we we can ask for the excellent spirit, that we can get dreams and visions to get solutions to the problems that even we have, because he can speak to us in our dreams. Then there's a the spirit of glory, 1 Peter 4.14. If you are reproached for the name of Christ, blessed are you, for the spirit of glory is And of God, rest upon you. So you're going to some persecution from relatives or family members, and you're approached, be blessed, because the spirit of glory is upon you. We need that spirit of glory. And there's so many beautiful songs about the glory of the Lord. Then there's a spirit of grace in Zechariah 12, 10. And I will pour on the house of David and on the inhabitants of Jerusalem... The spirit of grace and supplication, that you will look on me whom they have pierced. Yes, you will mourn for him as you mourn for one's only son and grieve for him as one grieves for a firstborn. We need the spirit of grace. We need to pray for grace every day, that the steps that we take are taken with God's grace, that God's grace follows us. Pray for grace each day, abundant grace upon your life. It's an important thing, part to have. Then in Romans 1, 4, we have a spirit of holiness and declare to be sons of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. Yes, Jesus said we can be holy because he's holy. It's an amazing thing to think about, but there's a spirit of holiness by the resurrection of the dead. So we pray for that spirit to operate in our lives. Then we find in Isaiah 57:15 a humble spirit. For thus says the Holy and lofty One who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy: I dwell in the high and holy place with him who has a contrite and humble spirit, to, re-spirit, to receive the spirit of the humble, and to revive the heart of the contrite. For I will not contend forever. So we need to pray for that humble spirit because it, it's going to revive our hearts. So we thank the Lord for this in our lives and this will happen. Then we have a spirit of knowledge. We have a, a spirit of prophecy. In Revelations 19.10, for I fell, I fell at his feet to worship him, but he said to me, see that you do not do that. I am your fellow servant and your brethren who, who you have testimony of Jesus. Worship God for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And we can also pray for that spirit of prophecy to be in our life. There'll be times when you may be speaking to someone, God will give you a gift of prophecy. And ask for it. We need to ask for these things. Jesus says, Ask and you shall receive. The last one I want to share with you is the spirit of truth. There are many more. But these are the ones that the Lord had me share today. A spirit of truth, like in John 14:17, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. We know the, the world is blinded by what's happening on this planet right now. We know those who are Christians who have a spirit of truth know what's going on and understand. So let me just start again. <clears throat> the spirit of the work of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. <clears throat> and then in John 15:26 it says, "But when the helper comes whom I shall send to you for the Father, the spirit of truth, who pro- proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. We ask for that spirit of truth. These are things that we need to protect us at this time. These are what we need, that we have the anointing and power and authority to do what God's called us to do. He has put each one of us on the earth at this time for a reason. To me, it's probably the most pivotal time in Christianity. Because we're here at the battle between Jesus and Satan. God has given us instruments to use in this battle. So I lift this message before you that you receive it in truth, that you apply it to your life, and that God will begin to put special things into your life as you put on many of the things that he tells us about in the Word of God. And I know there are many more, but I just took time to share a few that to me seem really important today. So I pray this message goes out to each one of you. You receive it in, in your heart and apply it to your lives in Jesus' name amen
0: amen hallelujah amen before um our our legendary um arrow anderson okay. um takes the mic hallelujah <laughs> amen i just want to share a few things about y- your destiny and purpose in christ in romans chapter 9 verse 11 it says for the children not yet being born no having done any good or evil that the purpose of god according to the legend might stand not of works but of him who calls, um, some people believe in the pre pre um, pre created spirit, whatever of a man, and that um, that we're that um, that God has a purpose for you even before you are born. God has a purpose for you. Hallelujah! You're sent with that that purpose of of good. But then we come into this world of corruption and. And we get corrupted. And and um, and one way to to realign yourself to that purpose is is um, by blessing the womb of, of your mother. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See see when God's attention was a purpose of good for you, but somehow when you came to this earth, so you know, because a man man sin. Hallelujah. You become corrupt, but you can realign. And one way and one prayer is is, is you touch a belly button and you say. Father, in the name of Jesus, I bless the womb of my mother. Hallelujah. Praise God. And and somehow that, that realigns you to what God's original intent is. In Matthew 18, verse 10. Hallelujah. Matthew 18, verse 10. Hallelujah. If I can find it. Hallelujah. It says. Hallelujah. Take heed that you do not despise one of these little ones. For I say to you. That in heaven their angels always see the face of my Father who is in heaven. Wow. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. And and so so, um, there's angels. And these are angels that have been assigned to us. Angels of destiny. And see, um, not every angel sees the face of the Father. But somehow this angel sees the face of the Father. Hallelujah. And it's just... um, um most angels they 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 cover themselves um with their um wings and all that. Hallelujah. But this these angels see the face of the father and I believe that Gabriel is over these angels. And um but somehow um when we when we begin to um um walk away when, and as we grow up as a little kid and, and we begin to to learn um sin and begin to to go the opposite direction, somehow our angels cannot; those angels cannot see the face of the Father for a time, until we return to Christ, until we repent, repent of Christ, till till we pre- repent to Christ. Hallelujah! And then all of a sudden, the angels again can see the face of the the Father. Hallelujah! God wants us to come into our destiny. In Luke chapter 15, verse 7, says, "I say to you that likewise there will be." More joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than all the 99 just persons who need no repentance. So all the angels re- re- rejoice when you repent. When you repent, all the angels in heaven rejoice. Hallelujah. Praise God. There's a lot of joy going on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. In Jeremiah, praise the Lord, the Hallelujah. Jeremiah chapter um, um 29, hallelujah, verse um 11, hallelujah, through 13 says, For I know the thoughts that I think to you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of you, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me, and I will listen to you, and you will seek me and find me, and you will search for me with all your heart, hallelujah. Amen. we got to know that God has a purpose for us, that he has a future for us, hallelujah. Amen, hallelujah. That he's not out to get us, hallelujah, glory to God. But we have to begin to call upon Him. People are asking, "Oh, what's the will of God for my life?" What? Well, you gotta seek Him. You gotta pray with all your heart. And and the thing is, sometimes we're just we're just touching the surface in our prayer life, we're, or we're tip tipping toe in in our prayer life, and we're not diving into our prayer life. You have to dive into your prayer life. You must seek God with all your heart, hallelujah. You want revelation. You want God to speak to you. You want God to move in your life. You want God to show you profound things, hallelujah. Well, he ain't going to show you stuff if you're just um, living your shallow prayer life, hallelujah, or, or praying, oh, thank you, you know, like a couple words a day. that. But you need to dive into your prayer life. You need to pray with all your heart, hallelujah. And sometimes we're not praying with all the heart. We're praying with a little part of our heart, but we got to pray with all of our heart. And then when we pray with all of our heart, God will open these doors. God will open these doors of revelation in your life, and God will show you your purpose. He will give you a plan for your life. He will realign you, what he has called you to do. Hallelujah. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 8. Hallelujah. Verse 26 to 30. Hallelujah. It says, Likewise, the Spirit also helps us in our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray for as we honest, But the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groans that we cannot utter. Now he who searches the hearts knows the mind of the Spirit is, because he makes intercession for the saints to call in the will of God. And we know all things work together for the good of those who are called, those who love, for the good of those who love God and those who are called according to his purposes. So when we pray, that's why it's so important to have the baptism of the Holy Ghost and speak in tongues, hallelujah. Amen, hallelujah. Yeah, um, one, one way to, to pray with all your heart is by praying in tongues. Pray in tongues. Some of us are carrying burdens day after day, week after week, or month after month. You need to pray them out in tongues, hallelujah. And when you pray on your tongue, pray out in tongues, hallelujah, amen. You come into the will of God. You tap into the will of God because the Holy Spirit taps into the will of God. And we know, then you can say, and we know all things work together for the good good of those who love God. And to those who are called according according to his purpose, hallelujah. Then you know, you you have a knowing that things are going to work out in your life. But here, here we begin to come in, hallelujah, and partake in the destiny of Christ. Not only that, you have a destiny, hallelujah when we were not saved, hallelujah, we're up to fate, fate, you know, because we don't know Jesus Christ, we don't confess Christ, we don't acknowledge God. We may go to a a church, but we don't know the the Lord of that church, hallelujah. It says, for whom he foreknew, for for also he predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many, brother, moreover whom he predestined Those he also called, whom he called, those he also justified. And whom he justified, those he also glorified. We come in and partake in the destiny of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Because we are joint heirs with Christ. Hallelujah! And his destiny is eternal. His destiny, he rules and reigns. And you partake in that destiny. Hallelujah. Praise Mm -hmm. God. Hallelujah. Not only that God wants to realign us to our destiny, but he wants to realign us to the destiny of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Isn't that good news, Hallelujah? is that good news, Hallelujah? Praise God. And in Philippians 4, verse 6 through 7, Hallelujah says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be known to God. Come on, come before the Lord. Come before the Lord, Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Some of us think, Oh, you know, yeah, God knows. Yeah, He knows, but He wants you to come before Him, Hallelujah. And it says, The peace of God, which surpasses all your understand, will guard your hearts. And through Christ crazy. The Lord want, doesn't want you to second guess yourself. The Lord doesn't want you to live in doubt. He does not want you to be depressed or discouraged. In life. He wants you to walk in just profound peace in your life. Hallelujah. God wants you to know your purpose, your destiny, and walk in profound peace. Hallelujah! That you know where you're going. Hallelujah! Praise God! You know where you're going. Hallelujah! In Isaiah 59. Hallelujah! Let's see. Hallelujah! Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Fifty nine, Hallelujah. Verse twenty-one. It says, Hallelujah. As it as for me, says the Lord, this is my covenant with them. My spirit is upon you, and my words which I have put in your mouth shall not depart from your mouth, nor from the mouth of your descendants, nor from the mouth of your descendants descend, says the Lord from this time mm-hmm. forward. Hallelujah. Not only that you God will align you to your destiny. And the destiny of Christ. God will align the destiny of your children's children. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. God, the steps you take, the steps you take will determine the future of your children's children's children. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. As God is with you, God will be with your children. Hallelujah. Praise God. That is a promise. That is a promise. Hallelujah. That's why we can walk in such peace. How are there things that have been attacking our children. Well, we we have got to begin to come to the Lord. We got to begin the war. Hallelujah! But here there is a promise that God has a plan for our children's children. Hallelujah! That the Spirit of God will be with them. Hallelujah! Praise God! Hallelujah! That they will come to the saving and knowledge of Jesus. Christ. That God has a plan for them too. In Deuteronomy. Hallelujah! Let's find Deuteronomy. Hallelujah! Praise the Lord! Praise the Lord! Hallelujah! Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. Grimley One, verse eleven. It says, May the Lord God of your fathers make you a thousand times more numerous than you are, and bless you as He has promised you. Wow. Look at the Lord has such a plan. Such a profound plan. I don't know why people are serving other religions. I don't know why people are being religious Christians instead of um, supernatural Christians, hallelujah. That the Lord can bless you a thousand times more. Amen, hallelujah. Amen, a thousand times more number than you are. The Lord can bless you and your seed for generations, hallelujah. Hallelujah, for generations. And drew on me seven, Hallelujah. Deuteronomy 7, verse 7 to 9, Hallelujah. it says, And the Lord did not set his love on you, no chosen you, because you were more in number than any other people, for you were the least of all people. But because the Lord loves you, because the Lord loves you, and because he would keep his oath, which he soared to your fathers, that the Lord has brought you out Out with a mighty hand, and redeemed you from house of bondage, from the hand of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. Hallelujah. Therefore, know that the Lord your God, He is God, faithful God, who keeps His covenant and mercy for thousand generations of those who love Him, and keep His commandments. Hallelujah. Wow, He keeps His He keeps His word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. He's faithful. He keeps his covenant for thousands of generations. Hallelujah. Wow. Well, talk about planning for the future. Um, there's a a um a um homeschool program that says <laughs> that um you should have a two hundred year plan for your children, for your family. Well, that's that's beyond you. That that's beyond you. Well, you look in the book of Genesis, you see Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Ephraim. Well, that's, that, that's, that's five, five generations. God, God has a plan. And the Bible talks about the generation Christians go, go down to the uh, third or fourth generation and see God wants to, to establish us and set older in our families to release blessings. And do every curse in our life, Hallelujah. God has a plan to to to. He wants to establish five generations that will walk with Him, Hallelujah. Five generations, Hallelujah, Hallelujah. God has a plan, and and our destiny, and the destiny of our children, depend upon your praying with all your heart, <clears throat> praying with all your heart, Hallelujah, Hallelujah. Jesus Christ is Lord, Hallelujah. Jesus Christ is Lord, and He has a plan for you. Hallelujah, glory to God! And some of us are just sitting there and, and um, Hallelujah, and, and week after week, and and we want to know the will of God, and and um, we just getting our spiritual fix. Hallelujah! But it's time to to not be spoon fed no more, but to begin to walk with God. Begin to walk with God. Yes, there's 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 people, even all of us here. Have, we, we're faithful in church. We're going to church week after week, hearing what they're coming from the poet. But then the Lord begins to speak to us. And we begin to walk with God ourselves. We begin to go forward and move forward in our life. Hallelujah. And it's your time to move forward and walk with God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. For God has a purpose. Hallelujah. For you. Amen. Hallelujah.
2: Hallelujah. Amen. Um, Errol. Amen, hallelujah. Thank you, Betty, and thank you, Elvis. Good messages. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I'm in a motel, and I've got my phone set in a di- little different uh, position here. So I was just wondering if it, you know, just double checking there. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. First Corinthians chapter 15. Before I pray. I want to read these first four verses. This would be out in the New King James. Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preached to you, which also you received, and in which you stand, by which also you are saved, if you hold fast that word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you, first of all, that, Which I also received that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. Hallelujah! According to the scriptures, Lord. Your word is true. We lift this day unto you, Lord. Heaven and earth will pass away, but your word will never pass away. In the beginning was a word, in the beginning was a logos. And the logos, the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. Your word is forever established in the heavens. Your word is true, Lord. We commit this day unto you, Lord. We commit our lives unto you. Onto this word. For there's nothing else that we can build our lives on. Even as the disciples said, you have the words of life. Where else can we go? So we commit this time onto you. The devotion of reading of the word and the sharing of the words that Betty gave and that Elvis gave this eternal word of truth, Lord. That the winds and the waves, storms of life can beat against it. But if we build our lives on the revelation of your word, on the truth of your word, we shall stand. And nothing, absolutely nothing, can take us out as long as we stand on your word this word of truth. In Jesus' name, we commit this time unto you. Hallelujah. I'd like to diffuse or perhaps even destroy Mm -hmm. a saying that I've heard ever since I was saved. That was in 1982. July of 1982, I was 31 years old when I, first heard the gospel, and was born again. And I've heard this phrase from the East Coast to the West Coast as I've traveled. And, I, and so it's not just something that's we hear locally. It is something that has been in the body of Christ for who knows how long. So, I would like to perhaps diffuse this obstacle, this hindrance that concerns our intercessions and prayers in general or in specific. In Matthew 5, we're not going to go there, but you'll know what I'm talking about. Six times Jesus said, You have heard it said, and he was quoting something out of the law. You have heard it said, you shall not murder. You have heard it said, love your enemies. You have heard it said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But then he said something that clarified it and gave it much more impact. Because he wasn't quoting the letter of the law. He was speaking of the spirit of the law and it's everything's by the Spirit. It's not by mind, it's not by power, but by my Spirit, saith the Lord. In Revelation, in the revelation of Jesus Christ, John wrote to the seven churches in chapters 2 and chapters 3, and he would open it up with an exhortation and then give it an admonishment a rebuke. And then at the end of each one of the churches, he said, he who has ears, let him hear what the spirit is saying to the churches. And so I want to just kind of trampoline jump off of that, those two portions of scripture out of Matthew five and revelation chapters two and three. And you have heard it said, how God answers prayer, that he'll either say yes or no or wait. And I'm here to tell you that God never says no, period. God never says no. If you go to with me to James chapter 1, I'm going to be... Going back and forth between uh, the New King James and the Passion Translation. I know that everybody doesn't have the Passion Translation, but I highly recommend getting it. Hallelujah, Jesus never spoke King James language. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> James chapter 1, verses 6 through 8. I'm going to read this out of the New King James first. But let him ask in faith, with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways reading it out of the Passion Translation. Just make sure you ask empowered by confident faith without doubting that you will receive. For the ambivalent person believes one minute and doubts the next. Being undecided makes you become like the rough seas driven and tossed by the wind. You're up one minute, and you're tossed down the next. When you are half-hearted and wavering, it leaves you unstable. Can you really expect to receive anything from the Lord when you're in that condition? See, this phrase that God will answer prayer One of three ways. He'll either say yes or no or wait. So when we began to teach that God will say no, and we believe that God will say no, and we keep repeating that God will say no, it causes doubt and unbelief. Look, everybody has needs. Everybody has desires. Everybody has wants. You know what? Some even have lusts. And God will never say no to any of them. And I know that's going to shock you. A shocking thing once in a while. The word of God shocks us sometimes, you know. But I'm going to bring out this word And that he never says no. I have to destroy that because when we teach people that God says no, sometimes God says no. Many times God says no. As long as we keep teaching that, it causes us to have doubts and unbelief. So we're going to look at needs. You know, Philippians 4:19 in the New King James it says, God is able to meet all of your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. God is able to meet all of your needs according to his riches and glory, according to Christ Jesus, in Christ Jesus. And the new In the uh, Passion translation, he says this, Mm -hmm. I am convinced. How many know we have to be convinced? I know whom I have believed in and I'm convinced that he is able. I am convinced that God, that my God, will fully satisfy every need you have. For I have seen the abundant riches of glory revealed to me through the anointed one, Jesus Christ. I am convinced that my God will fully satisfy every need you have. For I have seen the abundance of riches, of glory revealed to me through the anointed one, Jesus Christ. We have to be convinced of it. And when we teach people that God might say no, well then we can no longer be convinced about what we're doing. If we go back to Psalm 115, I just love the Word of God. It doesn't matter if you start in Genesis 1-1 or go all the way to Revelation 22. It's awesome what God's Word says. I'm going to be going to Psalm 115 out of the Passion Translation. We're going to be reading verses 12 through 15. The Lord will never forget us in our need. He will bless us indeed. I like that little poetry right there, that little prose and poetry. The Lord will never forget us in our need. He will bless us indeed. He will bless the house of Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron, his priest. Yes, he will bless his lovers who bow before him, no matter who they are. God himself will fill you with more. You know why he'll fill you with more? Because he's El Shaddai. He's the God of more than enough. He's the God of the holy mountain. He's the many-breasted one. He's the God, the destroyer of enemies. He is El Shaddai, the God of more than enough. God himself will fill you with more. Blessings upon blessings will be heaped upon you and upon your children from the maker of heaven and earth, the very God who made you. Elvis was just talking about the blessings going down to the many generations, our children, our children's children, and going down into a 200 generations, into a 1,000 generations for all of those who love him now. So what Elvis was saying about what we choose to do now affects our families way beyond our time. And so we have to be focused. We have to be convinced. We have to be believers in what his word says and not what other people say. So... When we look at the desires, when we look at the needs, whether it's in the Psalms or whether it's in Philippians, God meets all of our needs. And you know why he says it in Psalm 115? You know why he says it? Uh, Elvis uh, referred to this several times out of Deuteronomy. It's because he's a covenant-keeping God. When he made the covenant with Abraham, Abraham did not make the covenant with him. God made the covenant with Abraham. Jesus said, this is the cup of the new covenant of my blood. Jesus made the covenant with us. God makes the covenant with us. It's his covenant with us. And why we can't make covenants, you know, we're supposed to keep our vows and we're supposed to keep our covenants and we're supposed to keep our treaties. But how many know that when it comes on a horizontal level, man-to-man, person-to-person, we break vows, we break covenant, we break treaties? Just ask the Native Americans, how many treaties have we broke? It's innumerable. Just ask how many treaties throughout the many years have been broken. Wars have been fought. Peace treaties brought about at the end of the war. And a few months or a few years later, they're right back at it again. It's because man breaks the vows. Man breaks the treaties. Even if it's written down and signed, even if it's signed by blood like they used to do, we still break them. But God never breaks his. Hallelujah. That's why God made the covenant with Abraham. It wasn't a two-way thing. The only thing Abraham had to do is keep the vultures away from it. And what, you know, when Jesus was talking about the seed being put on good ground and the seed on stony ground and the seed on uh, different soils, in the one portion he talked about the birds of the air come and steal the word out of the heart. Our only response is like, Abraham, we have to keep those vultures away from stealing the word out of our heart. And when we come and tell people that God will say no to our prayers, then we're actually walking in unison with these birds of the air, with the vultures of the air, taking the promises of God and the word of God out of people's hearts. So let's look at the desires. We we touched on the needs. Now we're gonna look at the desires. Let's go to Philippians chapter two verse thirteen. Philippians chapter two verse thirteen. God will continually revitalize you implanting within you the passion to do what pleases him In a little footnote in the passion translation it means to accomplish the good things that you desire to do it's god who puts in you the will and the desire to do for his good pleasure your desires as long as they're focused on the kingdom of God and his righteousness, is pleasing to God. People struggle. Is it God's will? Is it God's will? Is is this God's will? Is is that God's will? I I don't know what God's will is for my life. Well, if it's connected to the kingdom of God and his righteousness, it's his will. And you wanna know a secret? You. connected because you are his son or his daughter you are his child and it's the father's good pleasure to give you the keys of the kingdom the desires it's God who works in you the desires in your heart let's go to John chapter 15 I'm going to read this out of the New King James John chapter 15, the Gospel of John chapter 15. I'm going to start in the first eight verses. Jesus said, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me. I mean, that word is so important. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered, and they gather them, and they throw them into the fire, and they are burned. Uh Uh-oh. So much for once saved, always saved. Out the window it goes again. It goes along with Jude 12 when it talks about the Trees that are twice dead pulled up by the roots. They were dead in their sins and trespasses to begin with. They were born again. And then they walked away. And they are again, a second time, a dead tree pulled up by the roots, twice dead. I went on a little tangent there. Sorry, but there's just things I have to do. Once saved, always saved just goes out the door all the time because it just isn't scriptural. Verse 7, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. You can ask what you desire and it shall be done. His word in your heart his word in your heart and you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you but we're going to actually see a little bit later that that's not always the case this just augments it this cements it that much better if you that word is in your heart but we're going to find out a little bit later that that's not always the case Let's go to John chapter 16. See, it's all about glorifying him. John chapter 16, we're going to take this out of the passion again here. John chapter 16, we're going to start in verse 23. For here is eternal truth. When that time comes, you won't need to ask me for anything. But instead, you will go directly to the Father and ask him for anything you desire. What's it say? For anything you desire. And he will give it to you because of your relationship with me. Until now, you've not been bold enough to ask the Father for a single thing in my name. But now you can ask and keep on asking him. And you can be sure. You can be sure. You can be sure that you'll receive what you ask for, and your joy will have no limits. How many know that the kingdom of God is in all righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost, that the joy of the Lord is your strength? Well, one of the things that we can receive joy from is knowing that whatever we ask, whatever our desires are, we can ask him and he will give it to us. So we see that he meets our needs, we see that he gives us our desires. Matthew fifteen twenty-eight. Matthew fifteen twenty-eight. I'm just going to take this out of the New King James again, and I know that I flip back and forth here, but that's okay. Fifteen twenty-eight. This is this uh, Syrophoenician woman that her daughter was severely demonized. And Matthew 15, 28, Jesus said, Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. See, this Syrophoenician woman did not have the word of God in her heart. She didn't have scriptures memorized, but it was according to her faith. She heard that her. Perhaps there was a hope for her daughter to be set free if she sees this man from Galilee. And so she went and found him, and he didn't really respond to her very um, passionately at first, but she she kept saying, you know, that even the little children eat the, or even the little dogs eat the bread from under the table. And Jesus replies to her, oh, woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. Your faith is extremely important. And if we keep telling people that God might say no to your prayers, then that messes our faith up. That causes doubt and unbelief to come in. Let's go to Mm -hmm. Psalm 37. Psalm 37, verse 4. Reading again out of the New King James Psalm 37 verse 4, delight yourself also in the Lord, and He shall give you the desires of your heart. Delight yourself in the Lord. You know a lot of people delight themselves in everything but the Lord. You delight yourself in the Lord, and He'll give you the desires of your heart. So we've looked at the we looked at the needs. He'll fulfill all of your needs. We've looked at the desires. He'll give you anything that you desire. desire. Well, what what about wants? Let's go back to uh, John, and I'm going to be just reading this again out of the New King James. John, chapter 14. John, the Gospel of John, chapter 14, verses 13 and 14. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Anything. That settles all the wants. That settles all the needs. That settles all the desires. That settles all the wants. God never says no. He only says yes. Yes, 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 yes. He never says no. But you said lusts. God would never answer our lusts. Well, brother, you must be wrong. God would never, he would never do that. Let's go to 1 John. 1 John, chapter 2. 1 John, chapter 2, verses 15 through 16, 17. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away, and the lust of it, but he who does the will of God abides forever. Betty had made mention in Romans 13:14 to make no provision for the flesh. To fulfill its lusts. Well, God would never. God would never. Say yes to our lusts. What do you mean, brother? I mean, who, who do you think you are anyway? Well, there's. You know, when we look at lust, there's drugs, there's sorcery, there's drunkenness. People running off to the casinos pulling that one arm bandit, or playing the wheel or blackjack or whatever they're playing because they're hoping to get rich. A quick way to get rich. And right, so there's many forms of lusts. A lot of times we just use that word in the form of sexual lust. And let me tell you this: that lust is lust and it's a sin. Whether it's lust outside of marriage or lust inside of marriage, it's still sin. Lust is sin, period. Whether it's in marriage or out of marriage, it's sin. But lust has many different forms. People can lust to have, to get rich, so they go down and they buy the lottery ticket. God! Just thank God, oh, oh God, oh God, oh God, please, oh God, let me win this four hundred and fifty million dollar lottery. Just think of the money I'll give you in tithing to you. Just think of all the ministries that I can support. Oh God, just let me, just let me win the four hundred and fifty million. But what they don't factor in is that as soon as they win it. The IRS takes 50%, so from 450000000 million, they're now down to $225 million. And beings are only getting $225 million, they don't give that portion to the Lord anymore because, uh, uh, well, I've only got $225 million. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember who it was, if it's George Barna or if it was Gallup, but I just read a an article just a couple months ago, or heard it. And they they went back five years on everybody that has won the lotteries, these huge state lotteries. And they went back five years on it, and they found that every one of them ended up declaring bankruptcy, even though they won that much money. We can't quite understand how that works. But see, it was a lot it was a lust that drove them to it. It was a lust to be rich. It was a lust for money. It was a love of money that is the root of all evil. It was that lust for all that money that drove them into poverty. So there's many forms, and, we can, and we're can we not going to draw out all the different forms of lust, but First John talks about it. But how... You might ask, well, God would never grant our lusts. Let's go to Psalm 106. (laughs) Psalm 106, and I'm just going to be reading this out of the King James. Lust is corrupting. Psalm 106. I'm going to start this in... uh, I'm just going to start it in verse 1. Praise the Lord. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Who can utter the mighty acts of the Lord? Who can declare all his praise? Blessed are those who keep justice, and he who does righteousness at all times. Let me tell you, pulling that one-armed bandit, going to casinos, gambling, being a crooked used car salesman, Selling drugs, being a pimp, none of those have anything to do with the kingdom of God and all of his righteousness. That has nothing to do with the will of God. Supporting abortion has nothing to do with the will of God or the kingdom of God. Brother, you're, you're getting into political things now. No, that abortion isn't political. It's a moral issue. It's a problem with the corruption of the heart, a heart that's far, far, far from God. Psalm 106, verse 4. Remember me, O Lord, with the favor you have toward your people. O visit me with your salvation, that I may see the benefit of your chosen ones that I may rejoice in the gladness of your nation and that I may glory in your inheritance. There is a benefit for being one of the chosen of the Lord. Verse 6, we have sinned with our fathers. We have committed iniquity. We have done wickedly. Our fathers in Egypt did not understand your wonders. They did not remember the multitude of your mercies, but they rebelled by the sea, the Red Sea. They rebelled just shortly after they came out of the sea. To me, that just behooves my mind, it just startles me that they just went through the Red Sea on dry land. One of the greatest miracles there's I don't know if there's if any miracle is better than another miracle, miracles or miracles are miracles and miracles. they're all done by the hand of God. But two million, three million people just came across the Red Sea on dry land. And just on the other side of the Red Sea, they fell into sin again. Verse 8, nevertheless, he saved them for his name's sake. You know why? Because he's a covenant-keeping God. That he might make his power, mighty power known. He rebuked the Red Sea also, and it dried up, so he led them through the depths and through the wilderness. He saved them from the hand of him who hated them and redeemed them from the hand of the enemy. That's what he's done with us. For anybody that's born again, the redeemed of the Lord. He saved us from the hand of him who hated us. And he redeemed us from the hand of the enemy. The waters covered their enemies, there was no one left, not one. Then they believed his words and they sang his praise. So everything was great and awesome and wonderful. But look what happens in verse 13. They soon forgot. His works. They did not wait for his counsel, but lusted exceedingly in the wilderness and tested God in the wild, in the desert, and he gave them their request and sent leanness into their soul. Now this is dealing with the children of God. They lusted exceedingly. It wasn't a minor lust. They lusted exceedingly. It rains on the just and the unjust alike. This concerns the children of God, his chosen people. And God never said no. Brother, what do you mean? Well, I'm just reading what the word of God says. They lusted exceedingly in the wilderness and tested God in the desert. And he gave them their request. He gave them their desire. He gave them their request. He gave them what they wanted, but sent leanness into their soul. And this leanness means sickness, disease, and demon spirits. Because they lusted for something outside of the kingdom of God. They soon forgot his works, and they lusted exceedingly in the desert. God never says no. If he would have, this would have been the perfect place for him to say no. But he doesn't say no. He never says no. He only says yes to his people. Let's go to Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter 6. all familiar with this, hallelujah. Mark chapter six, verses one through six. Then he went out from there and came to his own country and his disciples followed him. This is out of the New King James. And when the Sabbath had come, he began to teach in the synagogue and many hearing him were astonished saying, where did this man get these things? And what wisdom is this which which is given to him, that such mighty works are performed by his hands? Is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James and Joseph and Judas and Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? So they were offended at him. You know, there's certain denominations that don't believe that Jesus had brothers and sisters. Ah. You're wrong. Your teachers teach you wrong. Verse 4. But Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his own country, among his own relatives, in his own house. Now he could do no mighty work there except that he had laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief. Then he went about the villages in, in a circuit teaching. He was a circuit preacher. <laughs> Hallelujah. We need circuit riders again. Hallelujah. God never says no, but because of their unbelief. Here is the creator of heaven and earth. Here is God himself. Here is Yahweh. Yahweh Yeshua. Here is the God of more than enough. Here is El Shaddai standing in his own city, and he could not do any miracles, and could only do a few healings because of their unbelief. When we teach people that God will say no, we're putting unbelief into people, and they struggle, struggle as to what they should go. Well, I don't know if this is the will of God. I, I don't know if God's going to heal this person. I, I, oh, God, if it's your will to heal, I rebuke that in Jesus' name. It is 100% God's will to heal everybody all the time, period. You can never find in the Old Testament or the New Testament that Jesus did not heal anybody. He healed them 100% of the time. But because of their unbelief, he couldn't do it. It's astonishing to think that our unbelief can stop the hand of God from m- moving. No miracles, no mighty works, unbelief. Hebrews 12:1 says, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily snares us and let us run with the endurance of the race that is set before us. He said the sin. He didn't say the sins in plural. He said the sin that so easily besets us, so easily ensnares us. That sin is unbelief. And when we tell people that God will say no to their prayers, we're causing unbelief. And we're actually walking with the devil when we say that. Anybody that's ever taught that, anybody that's ever uh, propagated that lie, I call you to repentance in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Because you don't know how many people you could have destroyed their faith because you told them that God says no. God never says no. But you know what? He may say wait. But you know what? at the end of wait, there's always a yes. It's never a no. It's always a yes. Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 and 8. Ask, and it will give. be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks, it will be open. You know, there's groups of people. There's Certain people that go around and say, Well, you should only pray something one time. And if you pray a second time, that shows that you have unbelief. (laughs) Wrong, false teaching. If it was right, then you could take verses seven and eight and cut them out of your Bible and throw them away. But Jesus said, You keep on asking. Jesus said you keep on seeking. Jesus said you keep on knocking and his covenant promise is that the door will be opened to you. You ask, keep on asking. Seek, keep on seeking. Knock and keep on knocking and the door will be opened unto you. For everyone who asks receives and he who seeks finds and to him who knocks it will be opened. God never says no, but sometimes he says wait. You know, in Luke 18, 1, he was just, uh, you know, it's a very common portion of Scripture. He spoke this parable to them that men always ought to pray and not lose heart. Men always ought to pray and not lose heart. If we tell people that God says no, after one or two times they pray, they begin to lose heart because they're not seeing it come to pass. You keep asking, you keep seeking, you keep knocking, but when he says wait, that's exactly what he means. In Luke twenty four forty nine, he said, "Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Tarry, wait, tarry, wait." That's what he said again. You know when he repeated in in uh, Acts chapter 1 verse 4 he said wait for the promise of the spirit he said tarry for the promise of the spirit here in luke we are to tarry we are to wait but at the end of those 10 days the answer was yes and again one of the astonishing things is you know most of us this is how we read it when jesus said that there was about 500 people standing there he said tarry in jerusalem wait until the promise of the Father comes to you. And 10 days later, he spoke it to 500 people, but 10 days later, there was only about 120 there. What happened to the other three hundred and eighty? Well, maybe somebody told him that, uh, you know, God sometimes doesn't really mean what he says. Uh, after all, look at, you know, he, he said these things, and look, we've been waiting for a long time for it, and we still haven't seen it come to pass. So. Uh, You know, they're mockers, they're scoffers. I don't want to be a mocker. I don't want to be a scoffer. God meets all of your needs. He meets all of your desires. He meets all of your wants. And if you're lusting after something, he'll even say yes to that. But with that yes, he may send leanness of soul, meaning sickness and disease and even demon spirits. Because it has nothing to do with the kingdom of God. It has nothing to do with the heart of God. It has nothing to do with the righteousness of God. It has nothing to do with the propagation of the gospel. But he meets them all. He always says yes. He never says no. Isaiah forty thirty one. He says those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not faint. Those who wait upon the Lord. Jesus said, wait in Jerusalem until you receive the promise of the Father. Wait in Jerusalem until you receive. Tarry until you receive. But at the end of wait, there's always a yes. Second Corinthians chapter 2. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. This is so important. You've got to grab hold of this. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, starting in verse 15. And in this confidence, Paul is talking about confidence again, right? I intended to come to you before that you might have a second benefit to pass by way of you to Macedonia, to come again from Macedonia to you, And be helped by you on my way to Judea. Now get a load of this, 17. Therefore, when I was planning this, did I do it lightly? Or the things I planned, do I plan according to the flesh that with me there should be yes, yes, and no, no? But as God is faithful, our word to you was not yes and no. See, Paul was having a transformation of the mind. Paul was no different than any of us. He was born in his sins, and he had to be born again. And before he was born again, I'm sure that he was a man that said no a lot of times. But with the renewing of the mind, with the transforming of the mind, it was no longer no, no, and yes, yes. Verse 19, for the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by us, by me, Silvanus, and Timothy, was not yes and no, but in him was yes. For all the promises of God in him are yes and in him, amen, to the glory of God through us. Now he who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us is God, who has sealed us and given us the Spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. All the promises are, of God are yes. But we have to transform our mind into any anything that says no, everything is yes. God never says no. He only says yes. Proverbs 19. Proverbs 19. I'm going to be reading this out of the uh, Passion Translation. Proverbs 19. When you live a life of abandoned love, surrendered before the awe of God, here's what you'll experience. Abundant life, continual protection, and complete satisfaction. Let me read that one more time. When you live a life of abandoned love, surrendered before the awe of God, here's what you'll experience. One, abundant life. Two, continual protection. And three. Complete satisfaction. Let's go to Psalm 91. Hallelujah. Let's go to Psalm 91. Oh, we're we're getting about done here, but I want to implant this word into us because the word of God will go forever, and that word has to be in our heart. We can't have be can't be people that be tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine we have to be people that are based on his word and what his word says. Psalm 91, reading out of the uh, the Passion Translation, starting in verse 14, for here is what the Lord has spoken to me. How many know that it's important that you hear the word of God, that you have communication with the Lord of glory, that that you have Your ears opened to hear the voice of the Lord, whether it's through his word or through a dream or vision or trance or however it comes, but God speaks in thousands of different ways, but that you are sensitive to what he says and that you have communication with him. It's not a one-way street that you're always lifting prayers to him and lifting and lifting and lifting and talking to him, but you never hear him. We have to hear him. In fact, it's more important, perhaps, for us to hear him than us to talk to him. <laughs> but it's a, it's still a, it's a relationship. It's a two-way street. Verse 14, for here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you have delighted in me as my great lover. We just have to be lovers of God. I will greatly protect you. I will set you in a high place safe and secure before my face. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray. God never says no. He only says yes. And you will find and feel my presence even in your time of pressure and trouble. How many know that you're going to have a little pressure? You're going to have a little trouble. You're going to have a little tribulation. You're going to have a little pressure. You're going to have a little trouble. You're going to have a little tribulation. But he's going to be with you every time. I will be your glorious hero and give you a feast. You will be satisfied with full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. That's pretty awesome, isn't it? Let's go to Matthew chapter 17. Matthew chapter 17. Verse 20. Matthew 17, verse 20. I have to destroy this. I have to diffuse this thing. Matthew 17, verse 20. Jesus said to them, Because of your unbelief, for assuredly I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, Move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. Now, he didn't say a mustard seed size faith. Mm-hmm. He said, if you have faith as a mustard seed, what's a mustard seed do? Well, what kind of faith does a mustard seed have? Uh, It just does what it's designed to do unless it's corrupted. I mean, I I grew up on a farm. Some of us understand this, but I, I know some people don't. But if you store seed in a, Granary, if you store seed in, in some sort of a, a bin and it gets wet or something such as that, the seed gets corrupted and it, it's no good anymore. But as long as you keep that seed dry, you can put it in your drill or whatever, however you, your broadcaster, however you, you can put it in your hat and put your hand in it and, and scatter it across the ground it's going to grow as long as it's good seed because it does just what it's designed by the maker to do. If you have faith as a mustard seed, how much faith does a mustard seed have? It just does what it's designed to do as long as it's not corrupted. And he says, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. Nothing, 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 no thing, nothing will be impossible. He meets our needs. He meets our desires. He meets our wants. And yes, he'll even say yes to our lusts. But our lust will be working against us, not for us. Nothing is impossible. Whatever you ask, all things, Jesus said, only believe. Just believe. James chapter 5, talking about Elijah. I have to kill this thing. I hope you don't mind. I'm trying to kill something. I'm trying to destroy something. Hallelujah. James chapter 5, verse 15. The prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise him up. It doesn't say might. It says he will. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Confess your trespasses one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed earnestly and it would not rain. And it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. And he prayed again, and heaven gave rain, and the earth produced its fruit. We're not going to go there, but if you ever want to read that, it's in 1 Kings chapter 17. Elijah prayed for a drought to come into the land. And three and a half years later in chapter 18, he prays again, and the drought is broken. God never told him to pray that there would be a drought in the land. God never told him three and a half years later to pray and break the drought. Elijah was a righteous man. Elijah was a fervent in his prayers. And uh, and Elijah was moved to bring a drought into the land and whatever he spoke, it happened because of his relationship with the Lord. It was relationship, relationship, relationship with the Lord, but it wasn't because God told him to do it. He did it because he had the authority. Just like Jesus was in the boat, and the winds and the waves were bad, and he was sleeping in the boat, and they came and oh, Jesus, 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 Jesus we're going to drown. And he stood up and he said, peace be still. God has given us that authority. Elijah exercised that authority. Joshua, in Joshua chapter 10, we're not going to go there, but Joshua needed more time to defeat the enemy, and he spoke to the sun and the moon to stand still, and it stood still. God never told him to do that. Joshua did it because he needed the time, and Joshua had the relationship with the Lord, And the Lord heard his prayer, and the sun and the moon stood still. God never says no. He only says yes. He has given us incredible authority. New King James, Proverbs 15. Proverbs 15. We're just about out of here. Proverbs 15, verse 29. The Lord is far from the wicked, but he hears the prayer of the righteous. The Lord is far from the wicked, but he hears the prayers of the righteous. Proverbs 28, verse 9. One who turns... Are you still there? Yes. Okay, Mm -hmm. my phone just dropped. There we go. (laughs) Here we go. It wasn't an earthquake. My phone dropped. Okay. Proverbs 28, verse 9. One who turns away his his ear from hearing the law, even his prayer is an abomination. Isaiah chapter 1. Isaiah chapter 1. verse 10 through 16 Hear the word of the Lord you rulers of Sodom give ear to the law of our God you people of Gomorrah to what purpose is the multitude of your sacrifices to me says the Lord I have had enough of burnt offerings of rams and the fat of fed cattle I do not delight in the blood of bulls or of lambs or goats when you come to appear before me who has required this from your hand to trample my courts Bring no more futile sacrifices, incenses, an abomination to me. The new moons, the Sabbaths, and the calling of assemblies, I cannot endure iniquity in the sacred meeting. Your new moons and your appointed feasts, my soul hates. They are a trouble to me. I am weary of bearing them. When you spread out your hands, I will hide my eyes from you. Even though you make many prayers, I will not hear. Your hands are full of blood. Wash yourselves, make yourselves clean, put away the evil of your doings from before my eyes. Cease to do evil. Psalm 24, you all, you all know that. Psalm 24, verses 3 and 4. Who may ascend into the hill of the Lord, or who may stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted up his soul to an idol, nor sworn deceitfully. And we're going to end this in Psalm 66. Psalm 66, verse 18. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear. The only thing is, the King James and the New King James kind of messed that up. It shouldn't have been iniquity. So I'm going to read that out of a couple more, just that verse 66, verse 18. I'm going to read it out of the New American Standard. If I regard wickedness in my heart, the Lord will not hear. If I regard wickedness in my heart, the Lord will not hear. In the Living Bible, it says, He would not have listened if I had not confessed my sins. He would not have listened had he not confessed, if, I, if I had not confessed my sin. In the Tanakh, the Jewish Bible, it says, Had I an evil thought in my mind, the Lord would not have listened evil thoughts, wickedness in my mind, the Lord won't hear. Mm. He never says no, but there's a time where he won't even hear it. When he doesn't hear it, he's not saying no. He's not even hearing it. In the message translation, it says this, if I had been cozy with evil, the Mm. Lord would never have listened if I had been cozy with evil. So we're going to take this out of Passion Translation. The Passion Translation, we're going to start this in verse 16 of Psalm 66. All you lovers of God who want to please Him, come and listen and I'll tell you what He did for me. This is a testimony. I cried aloud to him with all my heart. Elvis had mentioned earlier in what he was saying about all our heart. There's a lot of people, they don't don't come to the Lord with all their heart. Mm -hmm. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. See that woman, that Syrophoenician woman that had her demonized daughter, she didn't have the word of God in her heart, but she had faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek after him. We've got to seek him with our whole heart. Half-heartedness doesn't work. If we're just a Sunday-going Christian and don't know the scriptures and don't know the... I mean, that doesn't work. We have to be a people that are diligently seeking him. That Syrophoenician woman was was uh, diligently seeking him and it was her faith. Jesus said you can have what you desire because of your faith. So seeking him with a whole heart. Verse 17, I cried aloud to him with all my heart and he answered me. Now my mouth overflows with the highest praise. Why? Because he answered prayer. Yet if I had closed my eyes to sin, the Lord God would not, would have closed his ears to my prayer. But praises rise to God, for he paid attention to my prayer and answered my cry to him. I will forever praise this God who didn't close his heart when I prayed and never said no when I had asked him for help. He never once refused to show me his tender love. He never says no. See, I've just spent an hour or however long it's been, talking about this, I could have just read this one verse in Psalm 66, verse 20, and I could have just said, I will, never, I will forever praise this God who didn't close his heart when I prayed, and he never said no when I asked him for help. <laughs> he never once refused to show me his tender love. I could have just read that one verse, and I would have been done. It would have taken uh, 30 seconds, and I said, well, Elvis, I'm done with my devotion for the day. But I wanted to bop this thing in the head that God says no. He never says no, period. He only says yes to your needs, to your desires, to your wants, to your lusts. He never says no. He only says yes. And if he says wait, there's still a big, bold yes, even at the end of wait. But if we're living in sin, knowing sin, if we have evil in our heart, he doesn't say no to us. He doesn't even hear us. If we hold to things like abortion, he doesn't say no to our prayers. He doesn't even hear our prayers. Mark sixteen twenty, it says that they went out And preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word, confirming the word, confirming the word through the accompanying signs, amen. Obviously, they believe that God only says yes, that he never says no. So that's where I'm going to end this. Lord, you only say yes to our needs. You only say yes to our desires. You only say yes to our wants. And Lord, you'll even say yes to our lusts for the destruction of our flesh because we're your children. And there's things that we don't fully understand, but it's because you desire to be glorified and that our joy may be full by your answering our prayers you heard our prayers and you answered them and joy came into my soul this is your word lord according to the scriptures jesus was raised on the third day according to your scriptures he was crucified according to your scriptures this word is true it's pure Heaven and earth will pass away, but your word will never pass away. May we build our life on your word, and may this idea that God says no is destroyed by the anointing of your word, by the anointing of your spirit, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And I thank you for it, and I bless you for it. Amen and amen. Hallelujah.
0: Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Father, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I pray for everyone who's listening to this message. God, Lord, I pray, Father, for many breakthroughs and many miracles to come in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, we pray, Lord, we activate these breakthroughs and these miracles in Jesus' name. Father, God, Lord, that we have a miracle working God in the name of Jesus Christ. And we thank you that you hear and answer our prayers in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, we give you glory and honor and praise of God. You are the solution to our problems, O oh God. Lord, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Father, that you are faithful, God. You are faithful, Lord, in Jesus' name. And Lord, we pray for your divine intervention, O oh God, and angelical intervention to come to everyone in the name of Jesus Christ. You know what they're going through, Lord. So Lord, we just pray for breakthrough to come. In the name of Jesus, you are the Lord of our breakthrough, or God. And, and 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 some people think that that oh, oh we shouldn't be um, um going after miracles and that shouldn't be um um something basic thing basic thing. Well, I believe that miracles should should be basic for every believer mm-hmm. in Jesus' name, Holly, because we live in the supernatural of the Holy Spirit. We live on earth and we live in heaven because we are born again in the name of Jesus Christ of oh God. And we pray Lord of oh God for your intervention in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. and we believe that we we'll have many testimonies of God, <laughs> many testimonies in the name of Jesus we call for harvests, harvests of souls, harvests of members and partners and subscribers, harvests of finances of oh God, Lord, we pray for an outpouring of prayer them and prophetic fulfillment. Lord God, we pray for a release and a thrust into ministry and acceleration and quantum leads to come now in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, we pray that you will set order, God, in your life, of oh God, in the name of Jesus Christ, O oh God. And Lord, we just thank you, Father, for this time. We thank you. In Jesus' name, we pray for many blessings, oh God, to come. God, in the name of let signs and wonders come. Let signs and wonders come in the name of Jesus Christ, right now, in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Amen. amen.
1: Thank you,